Educational Research, Chapter 4, Specifying a Purpose and Research Questions or Hypotheses. Purpose statements, research questions, and hypotheses provide critical information to readers about the direction of a research study. They also raise questions that the research will answer through the data collection process. As such, they deserve special attention. In this chapter, you will learn about purpose statements, research questions, and hypotheses, and how to write them for both quantitative and qualitative research. By the end of this chapter, you should be able to distinguish among purpose statements, research questions, hypotheses, and objectives, describe why these statements and questions are important, write quantitative purpose statements, research questions, and hypotheses, and write qualitative purpose statements and research questions. Maria completes her literature review on school violence and writes down a statement that represents the central direction of her study. I would like to study the reasons why students carry weapons in high schools. This is an example of quantitative research of a quantitative research statement. Alternatively, she could write a qualitative statement. I would like to study students' experiences with weapons in high school. For her research study at the university, Maria needs to write a statement that advocates the overall intent of her study, a purpose statement, as well as research questions. The form of her purpose statement and her questions will reflect her decision to engage in qualitative, quantitative, or qualitative research. What are purpose statements, research questions, and hypo hypotheses and objectives? Let's begin by defining four terms used in research to convey the intent of a study. Purpose statements, research questions, research hypotheses, and research objectives. These forms differ in intent, their role in research, form, their appearance in st studies, use, their application in quantitative and qualitative approaches, and placement, their location in research reports. Knowing these differences can help you design, write, and evaluate them. Figure 4.1 illustrates the differences among these four terms. The purpose statement. The purpose statement is a statement that advocates the overall direction or focus for the study. Researchers describe the purpose of a study in one or more succinctly formed sentences. It is used in both quantitative and qualitative research and is typically found in the statement of the problem section. It often appears as the last sentence of an introduction. You can recognize it because researchers typically state it uh, beginning with the phrase, the purpose of this study is. A quantitative version of this purpose statement addressing uh, teacher-parent communications and student achievement follows. The purpose of this study is to examine the relationship between use of internet communication between teachers and parents in a Midwestern school district and student achievement on tests in high school social studies. A qualitative version might be as follows. The purpose of this study is to explore parent stories regarding internet communications with teachers about their students in one Midwestern school district. Research questions. Research questions are questions in quantitative or qualitative research that narrow the purpose statement to specific questions that researchers seek to answer. Researchers typically develop them before identifying the methods of the study. In other words, the types of data to be collected, analyzed, and interpreted in a study. Unlike the single statement found in a purpose statement, researchers typically state multiple research questions so that they can fully explore a topic. Research questions are found in both quantitative and qualitative research, but their elements differ depending on the type of research you are conducting. In quantitative research, the questions relate uh, attributes or characteristics of individuals or organizations. Later in the chapter, you will learn that th these are called variables. In qualitative research, the questions include the central concept being explored. You will learn that this central concept is called a central phenomenon. In some studies, both research questions and purpose statement, uh, statements appear. 
a good presentation style to clarify both the general and the specific questions of a study. The research questions are typically at the end of the introduction of the statement of the problem section or immediately following the review of the literature. To locate research questions, you might look for an opening for opening passages in which authors identify the research questions they are addressing. For example, paragraph uh, two. Uh, okay. For example, a quantitative research question would be as follows: Do parent-teacher internet communications affect student performance in the, the classroom? A qualitative research question is as follows: What types of internet experiences do parents have with teachers about performance of the parents' children? Hypotheses. Hypotheses are statements in uh, quantitative research in which the investigator makes a prediction or a, con a conjecture about the outcome of a relationship among attributes or characteristics. Traditionally used in experiments, they serve like research questions to narrow the purpose statement to specific predictions. These predictions are not simply an educated guess. Rather, researchers base them on results from past research and literature where investigators have found certain results and can now offer predictions as to what other investigators will find when they repeat the study with new people or at new sites. You will find these hypotheses stated at the beginning of a study, typically at the end of the introduction. Investigators also place them immediately after the review of the literature or in a separate section titled hypotheses. Usually researchers advance several hypotheses, such as three or four. An illustration of a hypothesis is the following. Students in high schools in the school district in which parents and teachers communicate through, internet, through the internet will have higher grades than students whose parents and teachers do not communicate through the internet. Research objectives. A research objective is a statement of intent used in quantitative research that specifies goals that the investigator plans to achieve in a study. Researchers often subdivide objectives into major and minor objectives. They appear frequently in survey or questionnaire studies or in evaluation research in which investigators have clearly identified objectives. Like hypotheses and research questions, objectives are found at the end of the statement of the problem section, after literature review or in a separate section of the study. You can identify objectives by looking for phrases such as the, objective, the objectives in this study are, for instance, uh, the following represents objectives for a study. To describe the frequency of internet connection between parents and teachers regarding the parents' children in high school uh, social studies classes. To describe the types or categories of internet communication between parents and teachers. To relate A, frequency, and B, types of communication to student achievement in the class as measured by performance on tests. Because of the limited use of research objectives in educational research today, our focus in the study is on hypotheses and research questions as a means of narrowing and focusing purpose statements. Why are these statements and questions important? These statements are signposts similar to a thesis statement or uh, objectives in term papers you may um, have written. Without clear signposts, the readers will be lost throughout your study. They simply will not, follow, will not know the central ideas addressed in your study. You can also identify the most appropriate methods for collecting data from the purpose and the questions. They also provide key components for understanding the results of a project. Good research links the purpose statement and questions to major results. To write good purpose statements and research questions, we begin with some concepts that you need to know and then establish the building blocks for writing these statements and questions into a study. How do you design quantitative purpose statements, research questions, and hypotheses? To write a quantitative purpose statement or purpose statements, 
research questions and hypotheses, you need to understand the importance and use of variables. We start with their definition, talk about the various types used in quantitative research, and then discuss their use in broad theories or explanations. Specify variables. A variable is a characteristic or attribute of an individual or an organization that a, researchers can measure or observe, and that b, varies among individuals or organizations studied. They are key ideas that researchers seek to collect information on to uh, address the purpose of their study. Consider the following examples of variables typically studied in educational research. Leadership style by administrators. Achievement in science by students. Interpersonal communication skills of counselors. Let's break this definition down for close inspection. Characteristics of individuals refer to personal aspects about them, such as their grade level, age, or income level. An attribute, however, represents how an individual or individuals in an organization feel, behave, or think. For example, individuals have self um, have self-esteem, engage in smoking, or display the leadership behavior of being well-organized. You can measure these attributes in a study. To practice, you might take out a sheet of paper and write down three personal characteristics and three attributes about your favorite teacher. Next, consider what it means to measure these attributes or characteristics. Um, measurement means that the researcher records information from individuals in one of two ways, asking them to answer questions on a questionnaire, for example, a student completes questions on a survey asking about self-esteem, observing an individual and recording scores on a log or checklist. For example, a researcher watches a student playing basketball and records scores on dribbling techniques. Hello, and welcome to EDU, Eric DeReese University. I'm Dr. DeReese. Let's get started, shall we? In either case, student scores will probably vary, hence the name variable. When variables vary, it means that scores will assume different values depending on what type of variable being, is being measured, or on the type of variable being measured. An example is the following. Gender varies by two possible scores, female 2, male 1. Self-esteem varies by three possible scores, positive 3, neither positive nor negative 2, and negative 1. In the quantitative parent uh, involvement study, the authors, for example, measured parents' role construction, uh, the extent to which uh, parents believed that it was their responsibility to help the school educate their adolescents. The authors asked the parents to rate on a six-point scale from disagree very strongly to agree very strongly statement, uh, statements such as, it's important that I let someone at the school know about things that concern my teenager. Distinguish between variables measured as categories and as continuous scores. When participants in a study complete a question, the researcher assigns a score to their, to their response. For example, five for strongly agree. This score is a variable for the variable being measured, and investigators measure variables using continuous and categorical scores. Knowing this classification will help you understand the different types of variables and their use in purpose statements, research questions, and hypotheses. Researchers score variables by grouping them into a limited number of categories or by using them to represent a value of some degree on a continuous ranging oh, continuum ranging from low to high levels. A variable measured in categories is a varied variable measured by the researcher as a small number of group small number of groups or categories. 
And research authors sometimes call this type of measure a discrete or nominal score. And it is illustrated by these examples. Groups of students, males one, females two, or low ability one and high ability two. Types of instruction, groups of students who experience uh, lectures, one. Groups of students who experience discussion, two. And groups of students who experience classroom activities, three. A second uh, type of score is based on measuring scores along a continuum. A variable measured as continuous is a variable measured by the researcher on a point along a continuum of scores, from low to high scores. Sometimes authors call this type of score an in interval, a rating, or a scaled score. The most typical scores of a continuous score would be age, and uh, for example, from 25 years old to 65 years old, or height, for example, from five feet to six feet tall. Often, continuous um, scores indicate the extent to which individuals agree or disagree with an idea or rate the level of importance of an issue. Distinguish variables from constructs. Some attributes, such as social, social, uh, socialization, cannot be measured because they are too abstract. Some characteristics, such as whether the children engage in thinking in the classroom, do not vary among ch uh, people. Certainly, all children think that think what varies is how they think differently, such as when they engage in the activity of writing. A construct is an attribute or characteristic expressed in an abstract, general way. A variable is an uh, attribute or characteristic stated in a specific, applied way. For example, student achievement is a construct, whereas the more specific term grade point average is a variable. The trend in educational research is to use variables rather than constructs in purpose statements, research questions, and hypotheses. In this text, we use variables. The family of variables. With these definitions in mind, we can now discuss the different types of variables uh, incorporated into quantitative purpose statements, research questions, and hypotheses. Understanding the family of vari variables requires learning the definition of each type of variable and understanding its role in providing direction for study. This family is shown in figure 4.5. In this discussion, you will learn about each type of variable listed in this figure, starting with the most important variable, the dependent, independent, and inter intervening variables. As shown in this figure, a useful way to think about organizing these variables is to consider them in a cause and effect relationship. What variables influence outcomes? Ask yourself the following. One, what outcomes in my study am I trying to explain? The dependent variables. Two, what variables or factors influence the outcomes? The independent variables. Three, what variables do I need to also measure? Uh, in, in other words, control so that I can make sure that my major factors in independent variables influence outcomes, dependent variables, and not other factors, the control variables and mediating variables. Four, what variables might influence the outcomes but cannot or will not be measured, the confounding variables. Consider a fender bender car accident as an example. The outcome, dependable, uh, dependent variable, was that you hit another car at a stop sign, rammed right into the back of it. You caused the fender bender because you were talking on your cell phone, independent variable. The cause might have been the slick pavement and control uh, pavement control variable, but the skies were sunny and it had not rained for days. The fact that you had daydreamed might have caused the accident confoundable, confounding variable, but this fact would be uh, difficult to measure after the accident. See how this works? Now, take another situation in your life. Um, this last week and list the dependent, independent, control, and confounding variables 
in your own cause and effect situation. Dependent variables. Now, we will go into uh, variables in some more depth. Um, look at figure 4.3. The most important variable is this family. Uh, in this family would be the dependent variables. They are listed on the right-hand side. A dependent variable is an attribute or characteristic that is dependent on or influenced by the independent variables. Variable. Uh, you may find them uh, labeled in the literature as the outcome, effect, criterion, or consequence variables. Researchers typically investigate multiple independent variables on a in a single study. For example, you hit another car. Dependent variable. One, uh, you hit a, a light post and damage damage public property. Dependent variable. Two, although in many studies one of the dependent variables is typically of central interest. Uh, dependent variables can be measured using continuous or categorical scores. Examples of dependent variables in education are, are achievement scores on a test, the organizational climate of a junior high school, the leadership skills of principals, or the cost-effectiveness of student affairs programs in college. To locate dependent variables in a study, examine the purpose statement, research questions, and hypotheses for outcomes that the researcher wishes to predict or explain. Ask yourself, what outcomes am I trying to explain? Independent variable. On the left-hand side of figure 4.3 are the independent variables. After the dependent variable, they are the second most important variable in a quantitative study. An independent variable is an attribute or characteristic that influences or affects an outcome or a dependent variable. In figure 4.3, the arrows show how the independent variable influences the dependent variable through the intervening variable. Sometimes an intervening variable exists in a research study, and sometimes it does not. In, a, in research studies, you will find the independent variable it, variables called factors, treatments, predictors, determinants, or antecedent variables. Regardless of name, researchers measure this type of variable distinctly or independently from the dependent variable and identify these variables as worthy of study because they expect them to influence the outcomes. Researchers study independent variables to see what effect or influence they have on the outcome. For instance, consider this research question. Do students who spend more time, uh, more instructional time in class on math have higher math scores than students who spend less time? Independent variable, time on math instruction. Dependent variable, math scores. The independent variables variable is a measured variable indicating math ability scores assessed by results on an ability test. The standard independent variable influences the outcome and is measured by the researcher. A measured variable is a standard independent variable that is measured or observed by the researcher and consists of a range of continuous or categorical scores. This variable is a categorical or continuous variable that is measured or observed in the study. It is used in experimental correlational and survey research. For example, consider the following research question. How does math ability influence achievement on the final quiz in the classroom? In this example, math ability is the independent variable and is measured continuously in terms of math scores on tests given to students during the school year. Additional forms of independent variables. As shown in table 4.1, there are three additional forms of independent variables in quantitative research, and each serves a slightly different purpose. Control variables. A control variable is a form of independent variable that I, uh, researchers measure for the purpose of eliminating it as a possibility, but it is not a central variable of concern in explaining the dependent variables or outcomes. A control variable is a variable that is important to consider 
and neutralize because it potentially influences the dependent variable. Typically, uh, control variables are personal demographic attributes or characteristics, such as the following, gender, socioeconomic status, intelligence, race. These variables are typically controlled through statistical procedures. Later, we will learn that these variables are called uh, covariates and that they are statistically uh, adjusted for their effects. Treatment variables. A treatment variable is another form of independent variable that can be used in educational experiments. In an experiment, a researcher treats one group of participants to specific activities and withholds them from another group. The question is whether the group that receives the activities scores differently on the dependent variables than the group without the activities. Because researchers assign individuals to these two groups, the groups are treated or manipulated by the researcher. A treatment variable is measured in categories, received or denied activities, to determine its effect on an outcome. In the literature, you will find these variables labeled as uh, manipulated variables or variables with levels. Experimental researchers refer to these groups as levels, for example, group one and group two. In the following example, the treatment variable is the type of instruction used by the teacher in an elementary math uh, classroom. In a study of student achievement outcomes in an elementary math classroom, the researcher gives one group, small group, uh, discussion, uh, level one, and another traditional group, uh, traditional group lecture, level two, to assess the independent variable type of instruction. Independent variable, independent treatment variable type of instruction is considered a treatment variable because the researcher interviews with one group, level one. Moderating variables. Moderating variables deserve our attention because they too are often used in educational experiments. These variables are more difficult to understand than standard independent variables or control variables. Moderating variables are new uh, variables constructed by the researcher by taking one variable times another to determine the, the joint impact of both variables together. This impact is called an interaction effect. For now, recognize that interaction effects are a special form of independent variable. A moderating variable can be illustrated in this quantitative hypothesis. Small group discussion for students with high prior test scores contributes to higher math quiz results than lecture discussion for students with low prior test scores. To test this statement, the researcher takes prior test scores, independent variable, times type of discussion, small group or lecture, to determine the joint effects of both variables on math quiz results. Intervening variables. Intervening variables are different from dependent variables or any of the form of independent variables discussed thus far. Look at figure 4.3 one more time. Using cause and effect thinking, factors sometimes intervene between the independent variable and the dependent one to influence the outcomes. An intervening variable is an attribute or characteristic that stands between the independent and dependent variables and exercises and influence on the dependent variable apart from the independent variable. Intervening uh, variables transmit or mediate the effects of the independent variable on the de dependent variable. Thus, they are also called mediating variables. In some quantitative studies, intervening variables are controlled using statistical procedures. To demonstrate how intervening variables um, work, consider the logic of the sequence of variables shown in figure 4.4. In this illustration, we first see that convention, uh, convenient office hours for students influence whether students will seek help from faculty, step one. However, the situation on most college campuses is too basic. 
Many factors besides office hours influence student visits with faculty. Convenient office hours convey an open attitude towards students and show that faculty members care about their students. They also uh, encourage shy and reserved students who are unable to speak up in class to visit privately with faculty. Students are willing to take risks by visiting with faculty privately in their offices. Step two, what began as a single factor explaining the help that students seek from faculty has now become more complex. When faculty members offer convenient office uh, hours, students become willing to take risks and seek help from faculty. Step three, as an intervening variable, a willingness to take risks is influenced by convenient office hours. And this in turn influences whether that student will seek help from a faculty member. To locate mediating variables in purpose statements, research hypotheses, or questions, do the following. Ask yourself if any variables stand between the independent and dependent variables in a left to right sequence of events. In these statements or questions, look for the words mediate or intervene. These words provide a cue that the researcher intends to consider them as important influences on the dependent variable. Go into the results section and look at the statistical analysis of the data to determine if the researcher statistically controls for variables that may stand between the independent and dependent variables. An unmeasured influence in the family of variables. As we have discussed, the family of variables we have mentioned, um, as we've discussed the family of variable, variables, we have mentioned the dependent variables or the outcomes to be explained in a study. The regular measured independent variables that help to explain the outcomes and some special forms of independent variables. These special forms consist of treatment variables in an experiment, moderating variables that, uh, when combined with the standard measured variables, help to explain the outcomes found in experiments, correlational studies and surveys, and mediating variables that um, stand between the independent and dependent variables in a cause and effect relationship among the variables in experiments, correlational studies, and surveys. A final variable we have not talked about is the confounding variable, shown in figure 4.3 in this illustration. Confounding variables are not directly in the probable cause and effect sequence because they are uh, extraneous or uncontrolled variables and not really measured in a study. Confounding variables, sometimes called spurious variables, are attributes or characteristics that the researcher cannot directly measure because their effects cannot be easily separated from those of other variables, even though they may influence the relation between the uh, independent and the dependent variable. For example, for a high school student, it may be impossible to separate an individual's, individual's uh, race and prior discriminatory experiences as pre uh, predictors of attitudes towards school. Thus, researchers measure the variables they can easily identify, uh, for example, race, and explain a limitation on their results. For example, race was so interconnected with discriminatory experiences that it could not be easily separated as an independent measure. Think aloud about independent variables. It is not always easy to identify variables in published studies, even with knowledge about the different types of variables and their roles. Here is a procedure I recommend to help you identify and organize variables to best understand a research report or to plan your own study. One, take a piece of paper and write from left to right the words independent, intervening, and dependent variables. Draw straight vertical lines between the words uh, down the page. Number two, begin with the independent variable. Examine a study or consider your own project and ask yourself, what are the outcomes the author seeks to explain in the study? Look at the title, 
purpose statement, questions, or hypotheses for this variable. Place the dependent variables under the that particular column on the sheet. Next, identify the independent variables in the study. What factors influence this outcome? Does more than one factor influence this outcome? If so, what types of factors are they? Is the independent variable assessed as two or more groups? Is it a variable where the author plans to intervene with one group and withhold an intervention with another group? Is some trait or characteristic of the participants being studied that influences the outcome? Does the author use language about controlling for a specific variable? List the independent variables on the sheet and write the type of independent variables in parentheses after each one. For example, treatment, measured, or controlled. Four, locate any intervening variables that may be used by the author. Are there any factors that mediate that, the influence between the independent and dependent variables in a cause and effect sequence? List these vari variables on your sheet. With this process, you have compiled a list of major variables in the study. As a picture, this rendering will help reduce a complex study into a simple, understandable model of the research. It can help you identify and plan the variables for your own study, and it provides a useful visual for con uh, conveying the major direction of a research report to audiences, such as faculty committees and conference attendees. Check your understanding in the Pearson e-text. Theories and testing of variables. We need to learn one or more idea that is important before we proceed directly into quantitative purpose statements, research questions, and hypotheses. Look at figure 4.3 again and see the arrows, uh, see that arrows connect the independent variable to the dependent variable. In quantitative research, we seek to test whether the independent variable influences the outcome or dependent variable. We make this test because we have found past research that suggests that this relationship exists. Some researchers in education go one step further. They have found a theory that predicts the likely impact of the independent variable on the dependent variable. They seek to test a theory, but because this theory deals with humans in unpredictable situations, we say that the independent variable probably causes the dependent variable. The idea of probable causation is that researchers attempt to establish a likely cause and effect relationship between variables rather than prove the relationship. A theory in quantitative research explains and predicts the probable relationship between independent and dependent variables. For example, researchers test the relationship between peer groups influence and adolescence. This relationship is tested over and over, such as with the Boy Scouts, in church groups, a middle school, in high schools, and in other settings. Repeatedly, the relationship of a positive effect holds true. Then someone comes along, calls this relationship a theory, and assigns a name to it. Smith's theory of peer influence is born, reported in the literature, and tested by other researchers. Thus, as shown in figure 4.3, you might think about a theory as a bridge that connects the independent and dependent variables. Theories are no more than broad explanations for what we would expect to find when we relate variables. In quantitative research, investigators locate a theory in the literature, examine the predicted relationship among variables in the theory, and then test the relationship uh, with new participants at uh, or at or at uh, wait a minute, with new participants or at new sites. To test the theory, researchers write purpose statements, research questions, and hypotheses that advance the predicted relationships. For example, a theory of leadership might predict that when principals use consensus-building decision styles, their teachers feel more supported. 
Examples of theories include a theory about how students learn, a theory about what motivates people, a theory about how adults learn, a theory about relationship styles, and a theory about personality. Not all quantitative uh, studies employ a theory to test, but doing so represents the most rigorous form of quantitative research. It is certainly better than basing variables on your own personal hunches that are subject to challenge by other students and professors. You might think about the test of a theory as the top of a list of reasons for studying the relationship among your variables. Look at figure 4.6. Assume that several researchers explore the relationship between teachers' respect for cultural um, values, the independent variable, and the student performance, the dependent variable in elementary school. <coughs> in working from uh, the bottom of the figure to the top, notice how each situation involves an increasing number of tests of studies, from a personal hunch to a sophisticated theory. One, some researchers have hunches or educated guesses as to why two variables might be related. For example, from personal experience, one researcher might feel that Hispanic children succeed in elementary school because the teacher is sensitive to cultural issues, for example, the recognition and celebration of Hispanic holidays. Researchers have not tested this hunch, and it represents <clears throat> an unsophisticated approach based on the experiences of the researcher. Two, at a more rigorous level, <clears throat> educators can draw on a theoretical rationale, logical statement. Uh, for relating the variables mentioned by authors in other studies. Assume that Jones, for example, found that Hispanic students learned best when teachers celebrated Hispanic holidays in class. When this theoretical rationale, with this theoretical rationale, we probably have more confidence in understanding the relationship between cultural sensitivity and performance in class, for example, learning best. Moving to an even more sophisticated level, assume that five different authors have studied this relationship and found cultural sensitivity to relate to performance. Smith, for instance, developed a conceptual framework, for example, see figure 4.6, predicting this relationship to hold true. Fox, Davis, Abel, and Sandoz tested this relationship. All found the relationship to hold true for different groups of Hispanic children. Now we have more confidence in the relationship between researchers because researchers have tested it multiple times with different Hispanic children. Four, finally, assume that the uh, relationship between cultural sensitivity and student performance is tested with many groups of different cultural orientations, for example, Asian Americans, Native Americans, and African Americans. In all of these situations, a positive relationship exists between teacher sensitivity and student performance. We now have a theory, a broad explanation of student performance based on cultural orientations. What would a theory discussion look like? Here is an example using if-then logic. If certain conditions are true, then the variables will be related. Consider this example. Smith's 2000 theory of gender achievement predicts that if achievement in math is gender-related and girls are socialized to be better at math than, than boys, then girls will perform better in math than boys. Where are theories located in a quantitative research report? Typically, they are located in the literature review section or in the section on research questions or hypotheses. They may be called the theoretical rationale or a theory base for the study. A second example of a the theoretically driven study is the study of parent involvement by Deslandis and Bertrand. In the opening paragraph of the study, uh, paragraph two, they report how they will use the psychological constructs found in Hooper's, Hooper, Dempsey, and Sandler model as independent variables expected to influence the dependent variable, parent involvement. Writing quantitative purpose statements. 
With this background about variables and theory, you are ready to design and write a quantitative purpose statement, research questions, and hypotheses. To do this, first specify the elements that go into a good purpose statement. Display a script that you can complete to help you design this statement and illustrate the use of this script using examples. Guidelines. A quantitative purpose statement identifies the variables, their relationship, and the participants, and cite for research. Several guidelines can help you prepare good purpose statements. Write the purpose statement in a single sentence. Begin the statement with key identifier words, such as the purpose of this study, to clearly signal readers. If you plan to use a theory, introduce it into this statement by stating that you plan to test a theory. Three options exist for using variables in this statement. You seek to relate two or more variables to compare a variable composed of two or more groups in terms of the dependent variable, or to describe one variable. Use the words relate or compare or describe to indicate whether variables will be related, groups will be compared, or variables will be described. If variables are related or groups compared, specify the independent and dependent variables and any control or intervening variables. State the independent variable first, first position in the sentence, followed by the dependent variable, second position in the sentence. If control or mediating variables are used, state them last in the third position in the sentence. The placement of these variables in the sentence is important because quantitative researchers often view variables as related from left to right, as shown in Figure 4.3. Identify the participants to be studied and the research site at which they will be uh, studied. Sample scripts. To apply these guidelines, consider completing the following script by filling in the blanks. The purpose of this study is to, is to test the theory by relating the independent variable to the, to the de dependent variable for participants at the research site, or by comparing independent variable with group one and group two in terms of dependent variable for participants at the research site. To apply this script, examine the following example for the case in which the researcher relates variables. The purpose of this study is to test Klein's uh, theory by relating leadership style uh, independent variable to autonomy uh, dependent variable for teachers, participants, and high schools in state X research site. The next example illustrates the use of the script in which the researcher compares two groups on an independent variable in terms of one dependent variable. The purpose of this study is to test SMART's theory by comparing uh, autocratic leaders, uh, group one, with consensus building leaders, uh, group two, in terms of the uh, status, uh, satisfaction of teachers, dependent variable, and colleges in state X research site. Both examples begin with the phrase, uh, the purpose of, to signal the, uh, the reader. The independent variables precede the dependent variables in the sta uh, statements. In addition, in both illustrations, the authors found theories to test and, meant, um, and mentioned uh, them at the beginning of the sentence. In other studies, a researcher may have only a hunch or a rationale and may not formally include a theory. Maria, the high school teacher interested in studying weapon possession among high school students, might write in the purpose statement with control variables in the third position. The purpose of this study is to relate student misbehavior factors, uh, in other words, fighting, independent variable, position one, to attitudes toward weapon possession, dependent variable, position two. For students in the district's high school's participants site, con uh, controlling for gender grade level and race, position three. In this example, the variable gender, grade level, and race will be eliminated as factors influencing weapon possession using statistical procedures. Writing 
quantitative research questions. Because research questions narrow and focus the purpose statement, they serve to restate the purpose in specific questions that the researcher seeks to answer. Research questions describe the participants' reactions to a single variable, compare groups on an outcome, or relate to variables. Research questions are found in all designs in quantitative research, such as in experiments, correlational studies, and surveys. Guidelines. The basic steps in forming a research question are the following. Pace oppose a question. Begin with how, what, or why. Specify the independent, dependent, and mediating or control variables. Use the words describe, compare, or relate to indicate the action or connection among the variables. Indicate the participants and the research site for the study. Three popular forms are available in quantitative research. Descriptive questions, relationship questions, and comparison questions. Descriptive questions. Researchers use a descriptive question to identify participants. Um, responses to single variables or questions. This single variable may be an independent or dependent or an in intervening variable. The following is a script for writing a descriptive uh, question. How frequently do participants variable at research site? Um, an application of the script might be, how frequently do African Americans feel isolated on college campuses? Relationship question. In most research studies, investigators seek to learn more than responses to single variables. They may examine the relationship between two or more variables. Relationship questions seek to answer the degree and magnitude of the relationship between two or more variables. These questions often relate different types of variables in a study, such as independent variables to dependent variables or dependent variables to control variables. The most common case occurs when researchers relate the independent variables to the dependent variable. The following is a script for writing a relationship question. How does uh, independent variable relate to dependent variable for participants at research site? As applied to the relationship between isolation and ethnic identity, the script suggests the following. How do feelings of isolation relate to or influence the ethnic identity of African-Americans in the United States? Comparison question. Researchers might ask a comparison question to find out how two or more groups on an independent variable differ in terms of one or more outcome variables. Experiments employ comparison questions, and in these studies, the researcher provides some intervention to one group and withholds it from the second group. A script for writing a comparison question would be the following. How does group one differ from group two in terms of dependent variable uh, for participants at research site? When this script is applied in a comparison of African-Americans and European-Americans, we get the following. How do African-Americans and European-Americans compare in their perceptions of ethnic identity? Writing quantitative hypotheses. Similar to research questions, hypotheses narrow the purpose statement in quantitative research, but, uh, but hypotheses advance a prediction about what the researcher expects to find. The researcher can make these predictions because of past studies in the literature that um, suggest certain outcomes. In addition, hypotheses are not used to describe a single variable as is found in the case of research questions. They also are not used as frequently as research questions because they represent a formal statement of relationships and the prediction of the relationship may not be known. Researchers narrow the focus of the study to at least one hypothesis that provides a prediction about the outcomes of the study. A prediction that Maria might make would be the following. The more students feel alienated, the more likely they are to carry weapons to school. Can you think of other predictions about school violence that Maria might make? 
Guidelines. Hypotheses need to be to uh, include specific components. Guidelines for writing them are the following. State the variables in this order. Independent, first position. Dependent, second position. And control, third position. If you compare groups in your hypotheses, explicitly state the groups. If variables are related, specify the relationship among the variables. Make a prediction about changes you expect in your groups, such as less or more favorable or no changes. For example, no difference. You will then test this prediction using statistical procedures. You may state information about the participants and the site of the study, but this information may not be necessary if it repeats information stated in your purpose statement. There are two types of hypotheses, the null and the alternative to the null. You need both types in a research study, but authors generally write only one or the other into their reports. The basic characteristics of these two forms are shown in Table 4.2, null hypotheses. The null hypothesis is the most traditional form of writing a hypothesis. Null hypotheses make predictions that uh, of all possible people whom researchers might study, in other words, call the general population, there is no relationship between independent and dependent variables or no difference between groups of an, of an independent variable or a dependent variable. To study this hypothesis, you would select a sample of all possible people and draw conclusions from the statistical analysis of this example of the sample for the population. A null hypothesis might begin with the phrase, there is no difference between groups or there is no relationship between or among variables. To write a hypothesis, you can complete the following script, which employs the language no difference. There is no difference between independent variable group 1 and independent variable group 2 in terms of dependent variable for participants at research site. An example of the application of the script might be the following. There is no difference between at-risk and non-at-risk students in terms of student achievement on math test scores for third grade and students in a Midwestern school district. Uh, independent variable is at-risk students, members and non-members. Dependent variable is student achievement test scores. Alternative hypothesis. In contrast to the null hypothesis, you may write an alternative hypothesis. You will use an alternative hypothesis if you think there will be a difference based on results from past research or an explanation or theory reported in the literature. The two types of alternative hypotheses are directional and non-directional. In a directional alternative hypothesis, the researcher predicts the direction of a change, a difference, or a relationship for variables in the total population of people. A researcher selects a sample of people from a population and predicts that the scores will be higher, better, or changed in some way. This typical form for writing hypotheses is encountered in the literature more than any other type of hypothesis. A script for a directional alternative hypothesis is the following. Group 1, independent variable, at research site, will have some difference, such as higher, lower, greater, lesser, on dependent variable, than group 2, independent variable. An example of this script is the following. Students who participate in direct learning in four elementary schools will have higher achievement scores than students who participate in whole language learning. Independent variable, learning direct and whole language. Dependent variable, achievement test scores, participants, third grade students, research site, four elementary schools. Key indicator, directional, a prediction is implied. A variation on the directional hypothesis is the non-directional hypothesis. In a non-directional alternative hypothesis, the researcher predicts a change, a difference, or a relationship for variables in a population 
but does not indicate whether the direction of this prediction will be positive or negative or greater or less. The non-traditional alternative is not, a, is not as popular as the directional alternative because the researcher does not take a stand about the direction of the relationship of the variable. A script for non-traditional alternative hypothesis is the following. There is a difference between group one independent variable and group two independent variable in terms of dependent variable. An illustration of this script would be the following. There is a difference between varsity athletes in high school who smoke and those who do not smoke in terms of athletic accomplishments. In this example, the author does not state whether the difference will be positive or negative. An analysis of the variables in this statement shows the following. Independent variable, use of tobacco, smokers and non-smokers. Dependent variable, athlete, athletic accomplishment, or accomplishments. Participants, varsity athletes, sites, high schools. Key indicators, the words, a difference, but the direction is not specified. Check your understanding in the Pearson e-test. How do you design qualitative purpose statements and research questions? The component of good purpose statements and research questions differ for quantitative and qualitative research. Before we learn how to write qualitative purpose statements and research questions, we need to understand how qualitative research is both similar to and different from quantitative research, differentiating between quantitative and qualitative purpose statements and research questions. In both forms of research, inquiries, inquirers are purpose statements and research questions. These statements become major signposts to alert readers to the major direction of the study. You need to write them carefully and incorporate the major elements of design into the statements of intent in your research. However, the application differs depending on whether you conduct quantitative or qualitative research. One, in quantitative research, hypotheses are used. In qualitative research, hypotheses are not used. Instead, inquirers use only research questions because researchers test <coughs> hypotheses using statistics and statistics are not used in qualitative research. Hypotheses in uh, qualitative research are not appropriate. <coughs> Two, in quantitative research, the investigator identifies multiple variables and seeks to measure them. In qualitative research, the term variable is not used, and instead, the inquirer seeks to gather information on a single con concept, a central phenomenon, a concept we discuss later in this chapter. Three, in quantitative research, researchers often test theories, broad explanations that predict the best, uh, predict the results from relating variables. In qual qualitative research, theories are typically not tested. Instead, the inquirer asks participants in the study to share ideas and build general themes based on those ideas. Four, in quantitative uh, research, the investigator employs a closed-ended stance by identifying variables and selecting instruments to collect data before they, uh, the study begins. Quantitative research questions and hypotheses do not change during the study. Uh, quantitative research questions and hypotheses do not change during the study. In qualitative research, the inquirer uses more of an open-ended stance and often changes the phenomenon being studied or at least allows it to emerge during the study. The research questions may change based on the responses of the participants. This makes quantitative research more deductive and qualitative more inductive. Five. In quantitative research, the investigator seeks to measure differences and the magnitude of those differences among two or more groups or measure changes over, the, um, over time in individuals. In qualitative research, inquirers do not compare groups or relate variables. Instead, the researcher seeks a deep understanding of the views of one group or single individuals. All these factors influence how we write qualitative purpose statements and research questions. 
Before we proceed, however, we need to understand two concepts in qualitative research in more de detail, the central phenomenon and the emerging process. The central phenomenon in qualitative research, a central component of both the purpose statement and the research questions in qualitative research, is the central phenomenon. The central phenomenon is the concept or a process explored in qualitative research. For example, as a concept, it could be the following, the ethnic identity of Chinese American immigrants. As a process, it might be the following, the process of negotiation by a female superintendent with her principals. These examples illustrate the expression of the central phenomenon in a few words. They also share a focus on a single concept or process rather than relating two or more ideas as found in qualitative research. For example, how do alienation and isolation relate for the female superintendent or comparing groups? Uh, for example, how do female principals and superintendents compare in their alienation? This comment is not to suggest that researchers may not explore comparisons or relationships in qualitative inquiry. Comparisons and relationships may emerge as the data analysis proceeds as in-grounded theory, and uh, that is the relating of <clears throat> the relationships may emerge as the data analysis proceeds as in-grounded theory, that is the relating of categories of information to form propositions or hypotheses. But the qualitative inquirer begins with the single idea, focus or concept to explore before gathering data. A picture might best express the differences between explaining and predicting variables in quantitative research and exploring a central phenomenon in qualitative research. As shown in Figure 4.7, one way to visualize the dif this difference is by contrasting the explanation of an outcome or dependent variable by an independent variable on the left-hand side of the figure with the different uh, image for a central phenomenon on the right-hand side of the figure. Rather than using cause and effect, uh, logic as in quantitative research, the qualitative researcher seeks to explore and understand one single phenomenon, and doing so requires considering all of the multiple external forces that shape the phenomenon. At the beginning of a study, the qualitative researcher cannot predict the nature of external forces. In other words, which ones will be important? How will they exercise influence? The arrows about forces uh, shaping uh, the central phenomenon are multidirectional. If it is helpful, uh, for you to understand the differences better from a quantitative perspective, consider the central phenomenon in qualitative research to be a single variable that would that you would like to explore. Emerging processes in qualitative research. Another central component about purpose statements and research questions in qualitative inquiry is that these statements and questions may change during the research process. Qualitative research is an emerging design. An emerging process indicates that the in, uh, and see, indicates that the intent or purpose of a study and the questions asked by the researcher may change during the process of inquiry based on feedback or responses from participants. Questions and purposes may change because the qualitative inquirer allows the participants to set the direction, and in doing so, the researcher learns the participants' views rather than imposing his or her own views on the research situation. One question often asked is if this means that you will be asking different questions of different people in your study. This may well be the case in qualitative research. Remember that the intent of qualitative research is to understand and explore the central phenomenon, not to develop a consensus of opinion from the people you study. An illustration of the emerging process is shown in Figure 4.8. As you can see, the process of asking questions is a dynamic process. Researchers may start with initial questions, shape them during initial data collection, and 
further change them because of multiple visits to the field to gather data. Revisions may continue throughout both data collection and analysis in a qualitative project. During this process, the overall direction of the study will change, and authors will rewrite their purpose statement and research questions. In the example illustrated by Figure 4.8, the researcher may begin with the general question about the experiences that high school students have with smoking tobacco. <coughs> <coughs> During the initial interviews, the students may discuss locations where they often smoke, such as in front of the apartment complex, across the street from the school, or in the neighborhood park adjacent to the school. The researcher then focuses direction by asking questions that are more detailed about where students smoke. Then, through more in-depth questioning, some students begin discussing their attempts to quit smoking and how friends or how friends aid or thwart their attempts in the neighborhood park near the school. The questions change as the researcher delves deeper into the central phenomenon of high school students and smoking. Remember that the intent of qualitative research is to establish the detailed meaning of information rather than to generalize the results and standardize the responses from all participants in research. Writing qualitative purpose statements. Inquirers reflect both the nature of an emerging process and the central phenomenon in qualitative purpose statements and research questions. As a major signpost on a study, care, uh, study, care needs to be given to writing a good purpose statement that reflects the direction of the study. A purpose statement in qualitative research indicates the intent to explore or understand the central phenomenon with specific individuals at a certain research site. In qualitative research, inquirers write this purpose statement as a single sentence and typically includes it in a study at the end of the introduction. Guidelines. As you design this statement, be sure to do the following. Use key identifiers, words to signal the reader such as the purpose of this study is. Consider mentioning that the study is qualitative since audiences may not be familiar with qualitative research. Become familiar with qualitative research designs and indicate the type of research design you plan to use in your study. State the central phenomenon you plan to explore. Use words that convey intent about the exploration, such as explore, discover, understand, and describe. Mention the participants in the study. Refer to the research site where you will study the participants. Sample script. You can use these elements in a script for writing a qualitative purpose statement. A script for a qualitative purpose statement is the following. The purpose of this qualitative study will be to explore, discover, understand, describe the central phenomenon for participants at research site. If we apply the script in the study of internet classroom learning, we get the following. The purpose of this qualitative study is to describe classroom learning using the internet for five high school students participating in a sign language class. If we analyze this example, we find the following. <coughs> the central phenomenon, classroom learning using the internet, the participants, five high school students, the research site, a class in sign language at X high school. What would be the purpose of uh, the purpose statement for Maria's study? It might be the following. The purpose of this qualitative study is to explore the, ex the experiences with weapons of, high, of five high school students in the school district. Look at the statement carefully. Can you identify the central phenomenon, the participants, and the research site? Write these down on a sheet of paper and share them with others. Writing qualitative research questions. Research question, questions and qualitative research help narrow the purpose of a study into specific questions. Qualitative research questions are open-ended uh, general questions that the researcher would like answered during the study. Guidelines. The following general guidelines can help you design and write these questions. See also Cresswell. Expect your qualitative questions to change and to emerge during a study to reflect the participants' views of the central phenomenon. 
and your growing and deeper understanding of it. Ask only a few general questions. Five to seven questions are enough to permit the participants to uh, share information. Using only a few questions places a few questions places emphasis on learning information from participants rather than learning what the researcher seeks to know. Ask ask questions that use neutral exploratory language and refrain from conveying an expected direction or non-directional outcome if you are thinking like a quantitative researcher. For example, use action verbs such as generate, discover, understand, describe, and explore instead of words conveying cause and effect relationships such as affect, relate, compare, determine, cause, and influence. Design and write two types of qualitative research questions, the central question and sub-questions. The central question. The central question is the overarching question you explore in a research study. To arrive at this question, consider stating the most general question you can ask. The intent of this approach is to open up the research for participants to provide their perspectives and not to narrow the study to your perspective. When you write this question, place it at the end of the introduction to, uh, to your study and state it as a brief question. If you are more comfortable thinking about the question from a quantitative perspective, consider it as a, a single descriptive question, such as a single dependent variable. When designing and writing the central question, several strategies may be helpful. Begin with the word how or what rather than why, so that you do not suggest probable cause and effect relationships as in quantitative research. In other words, uh, why something influences something, but instead suggest ex exploration in qualitative research. Specify the central phenomenon you plan to explore. Identify the participants in the study. Mention the research site for the study. Because the participants may have already been mentioned in your purpose statement, you do not need to repeat this information for your central question when you include both a purpose statement and a central question in a study. A sample script. A script for a central research question that combines these elements is the following. What is the central phenomenon for participants at research site? The following example illustrates the application of this script to the study of creativity. What is the creativity for five students at high school at Roosevelt High School? Beginning word, what? Central phenomenon, creativity. Participants, five students. Research site, Roosevelt High School. Now consider Maria's research study. Write down the central question she might use in her study incorporating the three major elements, a central phenomenon, participants, um, and the research site. Let's visit some of the challenges inherent in writing the central question. You may need to educate others about this question, especially if you are um, quantitative researchers and trained to narrow down questions and not to think in the exact opposite direction of, the, of stating the most general question possible. In addition, you need to write the central question in such a way that it provides some direction for the study, but does not leave the direction wide open. When a general question is too open, readers and audiences for a study will not have enough information to understand the project. Alternatively, when the central question is too specific or too laden with uh, assumptions, it does not offer enough um, latitude for participants to express themselves, and it can shape too dramatically the views of participants in one direction or another. In Table 4.3, several specific examples illustrate central questions stated in terms that are too general, too focused, or too laden with assumptions. First, a poor example is given, followed by a better improved version. In the first example, the author states a central question so broadly that readers and audiences do not understand the central phenomenon under, under study. This situation often occurs when qualitative researchers take too literally the concept of open-ended questions to mean anything goes. 
In this second example, the author focuses the question too much. By asking about specific activities on a committee, the researcher may miss the large process at work in the committee and lose important information for the research report. In the final example, the researcher starts with assumptions that the committee is uh, alienated from. Um, is alienated from the college administration. Although this may be the case, the specification of a direction may limit too much what the inquirer can learn from a situation. To open that, the situation by asking about the role of the college administration includes the possibility that the role may be alienating or supportive uh, or may serve some in-between role. Sub-questions. In addition to a central question, qualitative researchers pose sub-questions. These sub-questions refine the central question into sub-questions to be addressed. In the research, these sub-questions possess the same qualities as a central question as central questions. In other words, open-ended, emerging, neutral in language, and a few in number, and few in number. But they provide greater specificity to the questions in the study. Preliminary conversations or interviews with your participants can provide useful leads for these sub-questions. Writers refer to these sub-questions as issue and procedural sub-questions, as shown in Table 4.4. Issue subquestions. Issue subquestions are questions that narrow the focus of the central question into specific questions or issues. The researcher seeks to learn from participants in a study. A script for an issue subquestions is the following. What is the subquestion issue? For participants, optional information at research site, optional information. If you state participation, the, if you state the participants and research site in the central question or purpose statement, you do not need to repeat them in the subquestions. You would state these sub-questions immediately after the central question as follows. What is self-esteem for high school students? Central question. What is self-esteem as seen through friends? Sub-question. What is self-esteem for the participant's family? Sub-question. What is self-esteem as experienced in extracurricular activities in school? Sub-question. These, as these examples illustrate the central phenomenon, self-esteem is divided into three topical areas that the researcher explores. Procedural sub-questions. As an alternative form of writing subquestions, procedural subquestions indicate the steps to be used in analyzing the data in a qualitative study. Researchers use this form of writing subquestions less frequently than issue questions because the procedures for a, sub, for a qualitative study will provide uh, will evolve during a study to okay will evolve during a study. To write them, the researcher needs to know what these steps of analysis will be. However, if the researcher knows the general steps to be taken later in the analysis, uh, procedural subquestions can be written. They provide those reviewing the study with a more precise understanding of the steps than do uh, issue subquestions. A script for writing procedural subquestions is the following. To study the central, this central question, the following questions will be addressed in order in this study. What question will be answered first? What question will be answered second? What question will be answered third? The, uh, to illustrate this script, assume for a moment that the steps in the process of data analysis will consist of first developing a descriptive a description of events, followed by the specification of themes and broad dimensions for understanding the phenomenon. Let's use the familial a familiar uh, example of Maria. Maria's research question questions might be the following: What are students' experiences with weapons in high school? Central question. What are the categories of experiences of students? Sub question. What process occurs that reflects these experiences? Sub question. What propositions? or hypotheses reflect the relationship among the categories, sub-question. These three sub-questions trace a pr procedure for an analyzing the data, from identifying categories to tracing a process that students experience to advancing some hypotheses that test this process. 
Procedural sub-questions help readers visualize the steps to be taken in data analysis, but they do not provide specific material for interview or observation questions. Distinguishing qualitative research questions from data collection questions. Are the types of questions asked during data collection, for example, conducting interviews or when observing, the same uh, questions as the sub-questions? Yes, the core questions you ask might be the issue uh, sub-questions in your study. You would not ask your central question because that is the overall question you seek to answer with your research. In addition, you would not uh, limit your data collection questions to only issue sub-questions. There are two additional sets of questions that you need to ask, especially in qualitative interviews. Ask the participants about themselves as your opening question. In this way, you break the ice and encourage them to answer your questions. In addition, when you conclude the interview, you might ask them to suggest individuals that might visit uh, that you might visit with to gather additional data. Re-examining the parent involvement and mother's trust in principal studies. Principles studies in both the parent involvement and the mother's trust in principal studies, the authors use purpose statements and research questions to provide the focus and central direction for the students for the studies. Uh, in the quantitative parent involvement study, Deslandis and Bertrand advanced both the purpose statement and the guiding research question in one succinct paragraph. They say, to examine how the four psychological constructs influence parent involvement decisions across the three secondary trade levels, we pose the following research question. What are the relative contributions of parents' role in construction, self-efficacy, uh, perceptions of teacher invitations and perceptions of adolescent invitations to predict parent involvement at home and at school in grades 7, 8, and 9. Although the authors implied the site to be um, studied, uh, in other words, secondary schools, the purpose statement clearly conveys the intent of the study. The research question immediately follows the purpose statement and serves to narrow the broad purpose into a narrower perspective by mentioning the four constructs to be examined. The question also provides more insight about the dependent uh, variable, parent involvement, and the specific grade levels of students to be uh, assessed. We now see in, the, in this research uh, question that parent involvement will be measured in two ways, involvement at home and at school, and that the authors are interested in learning and comparing parent involvement across 7th, 8th, and ninth grades. The qualitative mother's trust in principal study contains a purpose statement and research questions. It is of note that they begin with the research question and then pose the purpose and then pose the purpose under the method section. This order <clears throat> is typical is typically reversed in qualitative studies with a logic following from the broad purpose to the narrow research question. In addition, both the purpose statement and the research questions are usually found as the concluding statements in the introduction and not included in the method section. However, their research question is a good one, good open-ended question. What are the perspectives of mothers of children with disabilities on trust in school principals? Their purpose statement that immediately follows is this. We employ a qualitative research methodology to gain insight into the nature of trust of mothers of children with disabilities in school principals. This purpose statement has all of the elements of a good purpose statement, a clear central phenomenon, uh, trust, the participants, mothers, and the research site, the schools in which principals are located. Hi, this is Dr. DeReese. Do you like what you're hearing in this podcast? Would you like to hear more? Well, why not support this podcast by making a donation? The amount doesn't matter. Whatever works for you, I am certainly grateful for. And while you're at it, 
why not make a suggestion for what you'd like to hear in this podcast? I'm certainly open to suggestions. And let me just say, thank you for your support. Well, that's the end of this episode of the podcast EDU, Eric DeReese University. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care.